What up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Blazers. I am your host, past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. And we are 81 glorious games into the NBA season, 82 for a handful of teams. Uh, the Blazers got a last-second win, a Mo Harkless saved last-second win tonight in Los Angeles to secure home court advantage in the playoffs. Talk about that game in L.A. Uh, we'll talk about the playoffs. We're getting close, y'all. And yet, we still don't know who the Blazers will play. So we'll talk about who their options are and who I who I think is what what I think they should do in Game 82 based on their options. And what I think they will do based on their options. And we'll also just take a look around the league and find out how we got here in Game 82. But let's start, as we usually do, with tonight's game. Blazers beat the... I've been saying undermanned. I feel like every team the Blazers have played for a, for four weeks, some, five weeks, maybe a little more than a month, I've called them undermanned because the NBA is in a weird spot where a lot of teams don't try at the end of the season, but the Lakers, undermanned, faux show. Blazers won in, in one of these games that, uh, you know, it ended, it had a, an incredible ending. Mo Harkless was fantastic tonight, 26 points, eight rebounds, four blocks, carried the Blazers down the stretch with big bucket after big bucket, including the game-winning three at the buzzer when the Lakers decided to uh, double-team Damian Lillard. But this game, to me, either either you saw this game, this is like the, the classic sort of ink test game for Blazer fans, for, for Rip City and for my, my listeners out there. You either looked at this game and you said, this is proof that the Blazers sort of the way it ended, proof that the Blazers can survive in the playoffs because Mo stepped up and played pretty well, and Seth Curry was really good off the bench. Uh, Ennis Cantor had a good box score, but man, guys, if you watched this game, he did not play well. Or you look at this game, and you're kind of like my reaction to Ennis Cantor's box score, and you say, like, Alfaruk Aminu went... 0 for 4. Zach Collins went scoreless over 2. Jake Lehman was scoreless in his 9 minutes. Rodney Hood was scoreless in a kind of just mostly bad 20 minutes off the bench. He was over 6. And you say, this is what's going to happen to the Blazers. They're going to get in the playoffs and the teams are going to take away Dame and role players aren't going to step up. So you either uh, you either are gla- a glass half full type that see Mo Harkless play well in a game like this and you say, listen, this is proof the Blazers can do it. Or you are a pessimist and you're joining my crowd. You got that Mike G. Rich jersey on and you're saying, oh, it's all over, y'all. This is proof that the Blazers are bad because um, Alex Caruso and JaVale McGee pick and roll was just tearing the Blazers apart because the Blazers couldn't control Contavious Caldwell-Pope. That might be a lie. Contavious Caldwell-Pope shot the ball 31 times tonight, y'all. Might be his last game ever as a as a Laker. Who knows? Because he's a clutch sports client, so maybe he'll be back in the purple and gold. But my dude scored 32 points on 31 shots. Extremely Allen Iverson-y of him in a bad way. So I don't know. Like the, the Blazers couldn't stop a team filled with a bunch of fringe NBA players or or bench-level NBA players. Mike Muscullage of Ale McGee. Ken uh, Davis Caldwell-Pope. I think those dudes could play for most NBA teams' benches. They're not really fringe. 
They're just bad NBA players. They couldn't handle Alex Caruso and his extremely bald head. Time to shave your head, Alex Caruso. That's just some free advice. Well, if you're listening to the pod, if you're listening to the pod, Alex, I appreciate it, but also time to shave your head, my dude. It'll improve your life. But they let uh, they let a bad Lakers team, you know, control them, and they needed a, they needed big buckets down the stretch from Mo Harkless to win this game. They they needed all twenty six of those points from Mo to win this game. So you can either look at this kind of the way I'm looking at it and saying, "Man, this is not this is not how you want to play heading into the playoffs." Or you can look at it and say, "Hey, listen, they won. They got a big game from a couple role players like Seth Curry and Mo Harkless, finding a way to win on the road when you need to win against a an upstart and plucky Lakers team." That had its own bizarro drama today when when Magic Johnson decided to quit literally just before the game started out of completely out of the blue, surprising the entire NBA world and including his bosses who he's been avoiding and not telling them. So you either say, you know, this was a sort of an inspired performance by the Lakers to end their bizarro season or um, or you say that the Lakers look like or this year the Blazers look like they have some real weaknesses and this was another sign of it. Truth is probably like always somewhere in the middle, uh, but for me this was a uh, this was a glass half empty, maybe glass shattered on the floor into a million pieces type game. Uh, I, I just I I, I, I kind of just don't know what to do with this game to some extent, um, but I I don't think this was uh, I don't think this was a, was a shining performance. Uh, CJ McCollum in a second game back. He didn't. He just didn't do much. Five, thirteen, eleven points. But I don't know that the result. Uh, like I don't. I, I don't want to read too much into this result necessarily. Uh, like, I, and by that, I, I guess I mean because I've said that it like exposes the Blazers' weaknesses and blah 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 blah. So I I have already spent five and a half minutes reading too much into these results. So, um, I guess my point is I'm I'm not a big believer in momentum. So I don't think like if you're red hot going into the playoffs that that really matters because the playoffs is more about matchups than momentum. Uh, obviously, the Blazers played maybe the hottest team in the NBA last year in the playoffs and got rolled. But Blazers were pretty hot heading into the playoffs and, and it didn't matter. So I don't think there's like I don't think there's much to it that you need to like you need to be to be winning. The Blazers have done most of their winning. They've been really good after the All Star break. Um, how they did in these last three games is not necessarily indicative in any way for me. So yeah, happy for Mo Harkless. Glad he had it. Glad he had this game. You know, he spent most of the first half of the season just not looking like an impact player. Um. A lot of people calling for him to get the heck out of the starting lineup. But since the All-Star break, he's been really good. Tonight he was really good and he saved the Blazers' chances of home court. And he puts them into this strange position in Game 82. They play second night of a back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings. Regular season finale at the Moda Center. They're going to open up the playoffs at home now thanks to Mo Harkless. Because he hit a three at a buzzer. Uh, that play real quick. I'm, I imagine you watched, but if you didn't, cause I've had some people who tell me to listen to this podcast who don't always get to catch the games. Um, if you didn't catch the game, check the highlight y'all. It's fun. And Kevin Calabro has a great call of it, but uh, the Lakers just like straight sent a double team to Damian Lillard. It wasn't like the, uh, uh, 
a pick came and they trapped off the pick or anything like that. They just sent a double team at Damian Lillard. He found CJ McCollum. First help defender stayed with CJ. CJ passed to Mo, and a late closeout from the Lakers was a, a couple steps too slow, and Mo canned a three. Lamar Hurd yelled, let's go home on the broadcast. And I believe shortly thereafter, the Blazers did indeed get on a plane and go home. Uh, when we get back in the second segment, we'll talk about what happened in the rest of the NBA and uh, what that sets up for the Blazers tomorrow. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys that uh, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Blazers. Make it a part of your daily routine. Make it a part of either your commute or just any time you hop in your car that you are telling that smart speaker of your smart device in your car, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. So, Mo Harkless was not the only NBA small forward to hit a buzzer-beating three to lift his team to a victory in Game 81 this evening. A busy night in the association. Tuesday night is 11 games. And one of those 11 games included Paul George hitting a tough, contested corner three-pointer to send the Oklahoma City Thunder to a win over the Houston Rockets. If you listen to my podcast yesterday, Monday morning, excuse me, rather, uh, you know that I kind of said that this is what Oklahoma City does. They just beat good teams. They lose to everyone else, but they beat good teams. Thunder, winners of four in a row, thanks to that big three from George. Uh, it came off James Harden, 12 for 12 with the free throw line, steps up to with a chance to put the Rockets up three. 12, 13, the free throw line, ball comes off. Uh, Westbrook gets the rebound, pushes the other way. As a trap comes near at mid near him at midcourt, he finds Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams quickly gets the ball back to him. Westbrook takes like one more dribble, two more dribbles, finds Paul George in the corner, and George aces a three from the corner. It's your boy regular season P delivering. Uh that means that the the Rockets, that was their final game of the season. Uh they finish at 53 and 29. The Blazers, if they beat Sacramento tomorrow, they will also be 53-29, and 29, and they have the tiebreaker over the Rockets. Well, I guess we should just cruise, keep cruising around the NBA till we get caught up in tiebreaker stuff, because there's a lot to get caught up in, y'all. The Denver Nuggets, those oh-so-cute Denver Nuggets that decided to punt away a game in Portland on Sunday night, probably intentionally lose a game in Portland on Sunday night, maybe just a little too cute there from Denver? They came back and lost to the Utah Jazz tonight. That win by the Jazz in Salt Lake City locks the Jazz into fifth. They're not going anywhere. No matter what happens to Utah in their 82nd game of the season tomorrow night, they are going to be the fifth seed. That much we know. Warriors won, Jazz five, six other playoff uh, seeds to be determined in the final game of the season. So a pretty fun Wednesday night we got coming up, y'all. But the Nuggets are 53-28. and 28. They got a final game against the Clippers. And it sets up... Uh, there's there's a bunch of scenarios. I'm not going to go through all of them because I think the minutia is not really important. But I, but I will go through just sort of the basic stuff so we know or so you know what to root for depending on what you're rooting for. Blazers scenarios are basic. If the Nuggets win, beat the Clippers. If 
Uh, and, and the Blazers win. The Blazers are the three seed. If either of those teams loses, the Blazers are going to drop to four. That's it. However, if we do end Wednesday evening with a three-way tie in which the Blazers, Rockets, and Nuggets all end up with at 53-29, and 29, if the Nuggets close out the season with three straight losses, wah, wah, um, then the Blazers will finish fourth because uh, three-way tiebreakers are different from head-to-head tiebreakers. Three-way tiebreakers, it goes to the uh, the first one is division winner. It's one of the few scenarios where division winning is important. Winning your division is important these days. The way the NBA has done it, uh, the Nuggets and Rockets are division winners, not the Blazers. There's plenty of other permutations. There's a there's there's about a million other scenarios that we could go through to figure out who's going to be uh, six, seven, eight. The most likely. I believe six of the eight scenarios I've seen, OKC finished the sixth. It's either going to be OKC or San Antonio. Clippers are either going to finish seventh or eighth, and Denver, Houston, and Portland are all jockeying for that uh, two, three, four. Uh, Blazers aren't going to jump up to two. So what this sets up is a really interesting, a really interesting scenario for the Blazers in in, in game eighty-two. They're going to play the Kings. Kings got nothing to play for, but they don't really have much incentive to rest, guys. Uh, I guess Harry Giles is out, so um, they will rest one of their good young bigs. But they have—they don't really have really incentive to rest, guys. Their their core is young. They've got four months off before the season starts back up again. They can play spoiler if they want. Uh, Usually, why I mention their core is young, like, usually teams would, like, go young in these final games, like, play their young guys. The Kings guys are young. They're going to play their dudes. You expect them just to to, to play this one out. Um, they've struggled a little bit down in the second half of the season, uh, kind of fell out of that playoff race after it looked like they were going to be challenged for the eighth seed. But uh, they're still pretty good. They've given the Blazers some tough games this year. A couple tough ones. But it sets up a strange scenario for the Blazers. And that's what I want to talk about in this third segment. I'm sure the Blazers have made a decision about what they are going to do. But I want to talk about when we get back from the break is what they should do, what I think they should do, and what I think they will do in Game 82 as it pertains to standings, matchups, and all those things. All right, welcome back. Still locked on Blazers, still Mike Richmond. So... After the game tonight in Los Angeles, my colleague Jamie Hudson asked Terry Stotts something to the effect of, so it looks like the third seed is up for grabs. And instead of entertaining that question, he immediately shot that inquiry down or whatever you want to call that and said, I'm not talking about that tonight. Now, to be fair, there are so many things after games that Terry Stotts just doesn't want to talk about. <laughs> so add this to the pile. Uh, but... I, I can understand his reasoning. He probably wants to discuss it with his guys and um, have a real conversation. You know, maybe if they if they have a shoot around on uh, on Wednesday morning and and get to talk to Dame and get to talk to. I don't think CJ's going to play. I would. I don't think CJ would play second night of a back to back. Maybe he'll play limited minutes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he plays zero. 
but I assume he wants to talk to he wants to talk to Dame, wants to um figure out what what he thinks and not do it sort of fresh in the locker room after a game, given give him a chance to sleep it off and, and and figure it out from there. Now there's a chance that the Blazers get back late enough that they don't have a morning shoot around the facility and they just meet at the arena at like three o'clock. And that's when they make their decision on what they need to do. So they might not even really have figured it out until uh, 3 p.m. And it is significant when you're making this decision, when you are Terry Stotts, is that the Blazers won't really know their seating because Denver also plays a late game tomorrow night. So it's not like they can just wait and you know see what happens in the early games and use the benefit of being a West Coast team to kind of let that dictate, do they play guys? Do they? What do they do? My guess would be that the Blazers play a relatively normal game. Now, I could be wrong. And again, I said this last podcast too. Can y'all can y'all go ahead and listen to this on Wednesday morning? Because if you listen to it too late in the day on Wednesday, this is my all this information might be spoiled. So go ahead, download this bad boy, listen to it in the morning, please. If you're listening to it in the afternoon, um, you know, change up your style. Listen, to, like I said in the in the first ad break, listen to this on your morning commute. Play podcast Lockdown Blazers when you get in your car, dude. It's a better podcast for the morning because some of the stuff gets spoiled by the afternoon. That's the nature of back to backs. However, lucky for me, the Blazers are fairly tight-lipped about personnel stuff. So we probably won't know. So I, I'm sorry for shaming you, afternoon listeners. Y'all, y'all can do what you want. That's the, the that's the nature of this audio medium. Listen to it whenever is best for you. But the Blazers won't... Uh, they likely won't be able to make a decision about whether they should... that Whether they need to, quote-unquote, win this game. Now, need to win this game is relative, and I guess here's what I'm tr- here's what I'm trying to get to as I've kind of um, danced around this for a little bit. The decision they're going to make when when Stotts talks to Dame and they figure out what they want to do is: do they chase the three seed? Do they want to go after to get the three seed, finish as high as they possibly can in the conference, and probably, most likely, you know, odds are, play the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are dealing with a ton of injuries and are bad. Now, OKC loses to plenty of bad and undermanned teams. It's kind of their style, so I think that's no guarantee. But chances are the, that finishing third means you play OKC. So the Blazers have a decision to make. Do they chase third and likely end up against OKC, a team that they've you know gone down to the wire with, even into overtime, had some really close games with them this season, but they've dropped all four? Or do they chill? play their guys either not at all or you know not much in the fourth quarter they basically play play 22 minutes of Damian Lillard and if you win you win you lose you lose and say we'll take fourth we'd rather play Utah anyways do they rest all together and say rest is really important I've seen a lot of people say that they think rest is really they want to see the Blazers rest their their guys in game 82 I don't really buy that like what what exactly are you if one extra day off was really I just don't buy that one extra day off is, is meaningful enough to change the outcome of playoff series these dudes are in really good shape if somebody's dinged up maybe you rest them like if uh if when uh, Evan Turner said his legs felt like jelly or whatever it was, if you got jelly legs, go ahead and rest those. 
but otherwise these dudes this it's the job you go play a little bit i don't i don't think that you gain a, a significant advantage by resting in game 82 i have seen a lot of people use that logic and if you subscribe to that cool but what i would do if i'm them is play your starters for a half and then pull them let Anthony Simons and his extremely lovable smile take over and shoot a whole bunch in the fourth quarter. Give Blazer fans a look at the young guys in game 82. Don't worry about seeding. If those if the young guys happen to pull out a win, uh, like happened a couple years ago when the Blazers played the Spurs, when they benched a bunch of uh, guys at the end of the season and they got that hilarious game winner where Myers Leonard lost the ball and then Kyle Anderson booted it and Noah Vonley made a layup. Yeah, maybe we'll get one of those. You know, these games, those games can still be kind of entertaining. That's what I would do because I think OKC is a worse matchup. I don't think Utah is a great matchup. I think even with home court advantage that the, that the Blazers will likely not be favored against the Utah Jazz. But I think if you're choosing between the likely scenarios... Utah or OKC, I think you pick Utah. Now, what do I think Terry Stotts will do? I think Terry Stotts will play his guys a little bit and kind of play it by ear in the fourth quarter. If they're up big, maybe you try to try to rest guys, try to pull them out. Uh, if they're down big, maybe you don't put them back in and you say, hey, listen, we'll live the fight another day. We got a big, you know, we got a home game coming up probably Saturday at the Moto Center. That's going to be pretty important. But I don't think he's straight up rest. I do not think he's straight up rest, guys. I think that is a very unlikely scenario. Just because of Dame's temperament and because Stotts is just kind of an old school guy. Um, he doesn't like to mess with the game. I think there's an old idiom that includes uh, the F word. If you F with the game, the game will F you. I believe Terry's used that before. I edited it for all family listeners out there. You're welcome. Uh, so I don't think he's going to f with the game. I think he's going to play it. I think he's going to play it mostly straight up, and then in the second half, kind of decide what he does with the rotation. But I think we'll see the starters uh, in game eighty-two against the Kings. Whether that's a mistake or not is up to to your decision. I think the Jazz are a better matchup. Uh, but if what if the Blazers finish third and then luck into playing the Spurs, then it was a great decision. That's why you don't f with the game. But we will see. And I will talk to you guys once that's all decided on Wednesday night after game 82. And then it's the playoffs, y'all. Ten weeks of, like, really, really the most fun part of the NBA season. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to find out who the Blazers play. Uh, we'll have, I will have, and and the whole Locked On po- podcast network, the whole Locked On network across the whole, the whole all the shows of teams in the playoffs are going to have a bunch of cool stuff coming out for the playoffs. So be sure you check out. Um, whoever the Blazers might be playing, and maybe a couple other podcasts of teams who are uh, in exciting first-round series. You can find this podcast and all those on the Lockdown Network on the Himalaya app, a great new app uh, because they curate playlists daily. they got uh, brand-new features they're rolling out each week, and all the Lockdown podcasts are on there. We're also on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. So check us out there. Tell your friends about Lockdown Blazers. Come back soon. I'll talk to you all then.